I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, baseball and general life fans. Likely Mad as Hell is brought to you by the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Check out more great podcasts on foreverdogpodcasts.com. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. All right, now let's play ball. (laughs) I myself am on the brink. Holy shit. It's a perfect song that I chose and was allowed to use for this podcast. Welcome to Likely Mad as Hell. I'm your host, Rhea Butcher, and that was Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit Oh, with hope in the high road. Um, that's a great song to listen to specifically today with some indictments coming down. Who knows if they're going to mean shit? I was so dumb. Or hang on. I was so silly to think last year that uh, the whole taxes thing was going to mean a goddamn thing. And it didn't. So boy, oh boy, is this country set out to make me a nihilist. I didn't know women could do that. Anyway, um, this is a baseball podcast, but... As with anything, everything is something else. Um, so this is the World Series recap diary of of my life. Whatever. Does that make sense? I don't know. I was up really late last night. If you're a baseball fan and you were watching baseball, you too were also up very late. And either side you were on, you were stressed. But only one side has woken up angry today. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. This is supposed to be a recap of both games, but... Uh, Brett and I, Brett, my producer here at Forever Dog Productions Podcast Network, uh, we were discussing how it's almost as though Game 4 doesn't exist any longer, and that's the beauty of a seven-game series. I don't even know what to say about that one. I mean, Alex Wood was back in Alex Wood beginning of the season form. Charlie Morton also pitching well. Just one of those games where something has to break, and that game happened to break for the Dodgers. That's basically it. That's all I got to say about that one. (laughs) There's really not more analysis to get into. Dave Roberts did not make a ton of moves also in that game, so I think that's a beneficial uh, point there. Like, that's just... Before I get into all the things that are bothering me about this World Series now (laughs) and life in general, I'll just get into the actual mistakes that I think are being made. A.J. Hinch does not have a bullpen that he trusts, and yet he continues to win. Why? He's trusting the players that are currently on the field to play the game that they've been playing for however long they've been on the field. That's a major advantage if you're doing that. I at this this is not we're not talking about August baseball. We're not talking about July baseball. We're not talking about possible lineup switches all this stuff. Dave Roberts is like overmanaging and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, he's been doing that the whole time." Okay, well, it's a problem now. <laughs> I wanted to figure out the ratio of pinch hits to home runs per team because I think it's something like uh 
zero to two thousand for the Astros and two thousand to five for the Dodgers. Way too many. Sure, yes, absolutely. Pinch hit Andre Ethier, a man whose uh, Major League Baseball career started in two thousand five, who played perhaps ten games in the regular season. Yeah, pinch hit him for the guy that hit three home runs, including one grand slam, to clinch the NLCS. Yeah, do that. Also, before you pinch hit uh, a a 12-year veteran for Kike Hernandez, ask him to bunt with no outs in the 7th. Was that the 7th or the 8th? It kind of doesn't matter at this point. A strikeout would have been better there. At least Justin Turner would have been in scoring position. Would have had an extra run. That would have changed the dynamic of the game. Also, the Taylor base running thing, if you weren't paying full, full, full attention, you would think that he made the mistake. I guess you could say it was his mistake. It was also the fact that it was super loud in there, which is what a home field advantage gets you. He thought, uh, Bob Guerin is the third base coach, right? He thought Bob was saying, no, no, no. And he was saying, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. He would have beat that ball. It would have been close. Probably would have had a replay, but he would have beat it. I also think all the reviews they should have had, they should have reviewed. Dodgers are playing well. Both these teams are playing pretty evenly. Astros are hitting more home runs, which is a bigger ego boost than, like, you know, stringing together hits. But stringing together hits can get you through a series. So, you know, both are valuable. It's just that one might... This whole series is just about a slight edge. And right now, the Astros have a bigger, slighter edge going into Los Angeles. So Dave Roberts is a problem. I think he's, he's, I mean, game two. So there's been two intense, very close games, and both of those games have been won by the same team. So that doesn't bode well for Los Angeles. I will say, I, I honestly have no idea which way it would go. My my prediction was incorrect, so who cares? I don't know. I'm never, I, I don't, I don't want to predict anything anymore. I know it seems like, oh, Rich Hill. Hey, Rich Hill's done a lot of good pitching this season. He's also had a lot of mistakes, so we'll see. We'll see which Rich Hill we get. We'll see which Justin Verlander we get. And we'll see what the fucking hell kind of a strike zone we get. Because even if you're an Astros fan and you think I'm just a Dodgers fan that's complaining, I am trying to come at this from both. I'm complimenting the Astros for what they're doing. They're playing good baseball. They made a lot of mistakes, too. Fielding errors, stuff like that. George Springer gets up, cranks a home run. That's how you play baseball. You make a mistake, you make up for it. So they're doing they're doing all the right things except for one very wrong thing. But I'll get to that a little bit later because I want to talk about it more. Actually, more than the game itself. <clears throat> um, so the strike zone was pretty bonkers. Um, and if you're kind of newish to baseball or maybe just like not super deep baseball fan, which is hey, I if you're into something, be into it as much as you want to be. I'm not one of those people who's like if you're not into it enough, I'm not going to stop you on the street during the middle of my run and ask you if you're just wearing gear or if you're an actual fan. I'm not that kind of person. I don't run. <laughs> I also don't accost people on the street <laughs> and ask them if their fandom is real because I think that's ridiculous. Anyway, the strike zone. So essentially, when you're a pitcher in baseball, when, you're, when your team is on defense, what you're trying to do is establish a zone. And so you and the umpire have like a, a relationship, essentially, each pitcher with each umpire and catcher. They're trying to establish, okay, what's he going to call as strikes on, on each, on all edges 
of the frame around it. And so there's a negotiation between the hitter, the pitcher, and the umpire of what's going to be called strikes, what's going to be called balls. So you can see that perhaps an umpire would give the pitcher the outside part of the plate. The hitter then knows, okay, I I own the inside. If he goes inside on me, I've got it because he can't go in inside because we've already established that he can get a, a strike off the plate on the outside corner. So that's kind of how it goes, generally speaking. But last night, as you could see, and I was trying to pull it up, there's like essentially like a pitch spray chart of what was called strikes for the Dodgers and what was called strikes for the Astros. Now, there were bad calls on both sides. However, there were more bad calls for Dodgers hitters than there were for Astros hitters. Specifically, that uh, breaking ball that was about 10 feet off of Kike Hernandez's head and was caught about three inches off of his right shoulder. It's impossible. Also, there was a Puig at bat where he... there's not, If you're calling the ball three inches outside the plate and three inches inside the plate, the hitters, there's nothing they can do. They can't hit the ball. You cannot hit a ball that that's, that's that far inside. So you kind of set it up to be an impossibility for whichever team you're calling it that way. And it's one thing if it's going both ways, but it's not going both ways. Now, these are obviously complaints of a losing team. <laughs> but again, I mean, this is just the reality of the thing. Then it, you have those kinds of calls, uh, and the Astros took advantage of that, cranked a bunch of home runs. Specifically, a dude named Yuli Gurriel hit a three-run home run off the Halliburton sign in left field. Now, my wife and I, Cameron Esposito, are stand-up comedians, and we recently went on tour. One of the cities that we went to was Houston, and we also put on a free show in Houston because we knew everyone was recovering, and it maybe wasn't the time to pay for tickets to go to a stand-up show, and I'm not trying to get cookies or whatever. It's just that I understand what that city's been through. I get it. That doesn't mean that what that guy did is okay. And the MLB has now just said it's okay. And I have to say, as a baseball fan and a human being, it's really disheartening to see this happen because, I mean, I saw pictures of fans in the audience. Again, if you are not doing this and you disagree with it, I'm not talking about you. I understand this is a difficult place. I, out of anybody, should understand what it's like I, I, the the Cleveland this I'm also really grateful because this has given me even more perspective on uh, Cleveland's team. I shouldn't expect uh, uh, an organization that allows a team to have a racist caricature and team name to continue in 2017 to do the right thing when one human being makes fun of another human being's ethnicity or race. But I I did I guess that I was that was dumb of me. But there's a lot of kids in the audience. A lot of kids like baseball. A lot of kids watch baseball. It means something. That means, hey, if you get caught doing this, you'll get in trouble later when it doesn't matter. He did this during a World Series game. He should be punished during the World Series. If this was a, uh, I mean, number one, if this was a player on the Dodgers, I would be saying the exact same shit. And I don't know that I would be still rooting for the Dodgers. Honestly. I mean, it's easy for me to say that's not what happened. But personally, my like... (laughs) external fandom of a team uh, dissipates pretty quickly when a human being calls another human being a slur or or does a, uh, that. It's not just some childish thing. He's an adult man talking about another adult man. He knows what he's doing. It's ridiculous to act as though, like, oh, that was just a silly... That's what's inside. That's what you're doing. The things you say when you're angry, the things you say when you're riding high on adrenaline are the things that are inside of you and that shit does happen because it's there because we're human beings 
But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be held accountable. We can't just all go around doing whatever we want. Just because Trump is, quote, president doesn't mean you get to do whatever. <laughs> we should have some amount of humanity left. Um, and so it's it's disheartening. And I think all I, I kept thinking this whole drive over here to record this podcast, how different this would be if it was Puig that had done this. If it was Yasiel Puig that had done this, and he wouldn't, because he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Um, if he had done this and made fun of someone on their team, their ethnicity, um, I think he would be suspended immediately. But that's just the way he's viewed, and we all know why. Um, and it's just unfortunate, I think, um, to have a guy playing who... I mean, because he shows almost no remorse whatsoever. <laughs> There's just none. And um, I guess the other thing that also really got me about this particular story is in the middle of the game, uh, Ken Rosenthal, one of their like sideline reporters, there's no sidelines in baseball, but um, dugout reporters. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, that, you know, they like to spice up the game and bring the story in in the late innings or whatever, was talking about how apparently Carlos Beltran, the DH for the Astros, who has not played yet in this World Series, uh, used to play with you, Darvish, uh, in Texas for the Rangers. And he apparently reached out to you, Darvish, uh, on this subject about Yuli Gurriel's uh, uh, mocking, it's not statements, but uh, whatever. About what Yuli Gurriel did. Um, and then you Darvish responded with some, some something gracious along the lines of, of what he had said before uh, publicly. And the way Ken Rosenthal was relaying the story was as though Carlos Beltran then showed Yuli Gurriel, hey, look, look at what you is saying. Everything's okay. You should be all right now. Get Like, hey, everything's fine and the way they were ken rosenthal was explaining the story was almost as though like yuli guriel was ready to apologize or uh that yuli guriel was ready to forgive you darvish and i just am not shocked (laughs) as much as i'm shocked it's not shocking that then 
the Japanese pitcher is now the one who's the bully. I mean, I've also seen this on the internet. Some of uh, Paul F. Tompkins, who was on the show, was tweeting about this, and someone was saying that the Dodgers are the bull. I don't, I don't under, I do understand they're the bigger market team. They they spend more money on their payroll. Okay, that's not what we're talking about at this point. What happened was a player on the Astros made fun of a player on the Dodgers, and then the Dodgers player. I almost like. I, look, I don't want to give you Darvish shit because like he's the one going through this and he did show a lot of like grace. But at the same time, I almost wish he hadn't because it's making it easier for every... It's almost as though the, the same reason why people find it easy to mock human beings of Asian descent are finding it easy to make you Darvish the problem. And this is something that I learned in... I made a television show with my wife called Take My Wife. We have two seasons of the show. Uh, on the second season, um, I, in our writer's room, we had a couple women who are of Asian descent, and we talked about this a lot. And this is just something that happens all the time. It's as though Asian men are... are, are there's this, this weird... I don't even know how to explain it. I'm a white person. I shouldn't probably be talking about it, but I can see it. I can see what's happening. Asian men who play baseball are just not considered masculine. And there's just this, like, the, the arm wrestling of, of this moment is just so disheartening to me. <sighs> I just, I just really, it really, it just really bums me out. Like, I, I, going into this series, literally felt bad cheering against Houston legitimately felt bad as a as like a Dodger fan who lives in Los Angeles and likes this team who had just been to Houston and put on a show free show for everybody had a great time meeting everyone talking to everybody seeing their city seeing how they've climbed back from adversity 100% it's a great story was ready to be happy for them if they beat my team and now it's legitimately hard all these guys are like they're you know stoked for their teammate like it's a team sport. That's also why they didn't want to suspend him because they don't want to uh, affect the rest of the team. He did. He made that choice. If he goes out at night, punches somebody in the face in a bar, does he not make a choice? Does he not break his own hand and then uh, ruin his team's chances because of that? How is this any different? It's not. But because a, a majority or a mass or a critical mass of people can see you, Darvish, as less than... And then he says, oh, everything's okay. I don't want Yuli Gurriel to have to go through this. Then you just twist the screw harder on him? It's really it's really unfortunate. And again, if this was flip-flop teams, I would feel exactly the same way. It's easy for me to say because it's not that way, but <laughs> I would. <laughs> and so that brings me to the Cleveland baseball team. I, this, it shouldn't be complicated, it shouldn't be complicated. I have to let this team go. And if you're like a Cleveland fan, I encourage you to join with me. I'm glad that I've established it in the in the in public. It's not like I'm some huge whatever, but people do know that that was my team growing up and they continue to ask me about it. I'm glad that people ask me those questions because then I can at least answer them honestly and say they need to get rid of the logo, they need to get rid of the team name because I don't think that somebody outside of it, that's why I, in some ways I've clung on to this team because 
if you're somebody outside of the the team, outside of the region, and you're wearing a Los Angeles Dodger hat or a Yankees hat or whatever, and you're saying, oh, they need to change it, it's so easy for a fan of that team to just say, oh, they're, you know, liberal bubble elites or whatever, to, to just cast it off and not have to think about it. But as someone who grew up there and as a fan of that team and who likes some of the players on that team, it's harder when you hear that from inside the house. And so that is why I've I've clung on to it a little bit. I mean, last year was difficult. I mean, I just, every, and again, in the context of everything that's happening in the world, this is not that big of a deal, but it is telling of, a, of, of these issues. Like, it's just another reminder of all these things. Like, you just do the right thing. And this is not, you know, people were like, oh, the Dodgers are like, there's some bastion of whatever. Sure. I mean, we're not talking about this series. They have not done something this series that is like directly offensive towards one of their players. Anyway, back to Cleveland. They need to change it. I'm not going to wear that shit. I've already stopped wearing it. Also, by the way, if, uh, there's a picture of me with Paul F. Tompkins. I was wearing a shirt by a company called Section 35, which is a a sort of like indigenous uh, clothing company out of Canada. And I've um, talked to the owner and he sent me that shirt to wear. And in the photograph, it was like obscured. So it looked like I was wearing a Chief Wahoo shirt. I assure you, I was not. <laughs> and I, you, you will not see me wearing that. I didn't even have that much of that stuff when I was a kid. Um, and I'm sure there's some childhood photo of me wearing it. I can't go back in time and take it off yet. But as soon as I have a time machine, yes, I will go back and change that and be like, hey, kid, this is racist. You don't know this because you're a kid and it's all around you. And for some reason, people aren't. It's 1994 and no one's figured it out yet. And guess what? In 2017, they still have it. (laughs) But this is very meandering. I should get back to the World Series that's at hand. Well, I mean, I'm curious to see. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to seven. I also wouldn't be surprised if it didn't. Everything is kind of out the window. I mean, you hit that many home runs. This is the most home runs in a World Series, most home runs in single games. It's crazy. But this is, or it's wild. This is what happens when you get two 100-win teams together. I guess this is what baseball was like in the 70s when they were all in, like, uh, LSD and greenies and drinking and drunk and stuff. I don't know. <sighs> I'm so stressed out. Dave Roberts doesn't have a bullpen left. Brandon Morrow's done. Kenta Maeda's done. I mean, I don't know what you do there. Kenley Jansen's also done. The only way Kenley Jansen can come in is if they're up by five runs tomorrow. <laughs> and even that is still pushing it. If he could even come in. I mean, I think, you know, Dave Roberts should have pulled Kershaw after four. He left him in too long. Just sad. As a baseball fan, I know a lot of people love to hate on Kershaw. Don't know why. I guess they're the the Yankees of the West Coast. But at the same time, I feel bad for the dude. He's been trying to do this his whole career and then he he's just not a he's not a two-start pitcher anymore. And that's the other issue is that neither is Alex Wood. And so, if they get it to 7, it will be you Darvish, which would be some perfect poetic justice. For him to get a chance again. Something else that we haven't talked about yet is that both both pitchers, both sides are saying that the, the baseballs are slicker and that they can't hold on to them. 
Which makes sense. I mean, uh, uh, these pitchers just all of a sudden lose their control and their velocity on their sliders just immediately. They're, you Darvish pitched tremendously through the division series and the league championship, and then all of a sudden in the World Series he can't pitch? That's weird. That's strange. <sighs> I'm, I'm exhausted. Is anybody else exhausted? That was only game five. Every single game, except for maybe game one, has felt like game seven. It's like, this is like watching an arm wrestling match that's been going on for a week. <laughs> people are just bringing these two people glasses of water and snacks and stuff. They're eating Chex Mix every now and then, but just like still arm wrestling each other. Oh my God. So the, also the crazy, also the wild thing for me, I keep trying to train myself. I don't, I started saying crazy again and I'm sorry. I trained myself out of it and then somehow it just like came back. The other wild thing is, wild thing, uh, tomorrow I'm hosting my stand-up show, Put Your Hands Together, which is on Feral Audio. Thanks to Feral Audio for partnering with us to put out this podcast uh, at UCB, uh, Franklin, at 8 p.m. Come by if you're in Los Angeles. We're dressing up. We're wearing costumes. So I'll be hosting that show for that game, so I won't, I'll get to watch the beginning. And then Wednesday, I'm in New Orleans. So this is going to be a real, a real interesting diary coming up of how these games go. But I, I mean, in some ways I feel like this is even more interesting that I wasn't able to sit and watch every single game. Last night was the first game that I got to watch. No, it was the second game I got to watch from start to finish. It's been interesting to, to, uh, experience the games this way. Also, just a side note, you would be maybe surprised at how many dudes were texting me last night to understand the rules of baseball. <laughs> and then I realized like, oh, I'm not giving you answers. You're going to get on Twitter and talk about this and people are going to think you're a baseball expert. You're not giving me any credit. I'm just sitting here writing your jokes for you. No, thank you. Not doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm the one who got you guys into baseball. God damn it. Now just imagine if you were watching the series and you'd watched 162 games. This is why baseball is so great. Because you watch an entire season of games that are boring as fuck to get to seven games that are the most just like off-the-wall bonkers thing you've ever seen in your life. Every one of these games has looked like the all-star game. It's Or the home run derby. <sighs> so let's see. I'm just blasting through this. It's only been 25 minutes. <laughs> I'm trying to, I, I can't, I just, I have no more analysis. The only analysis I have is Dave Roberts stop doing, stop pinch hitting. Stop it. Leave Logan Forsyth at second base. I mean, the only question here is, can Justin Turner play third base? Is his knee okay? That's it. Other than that, Andre Ethier does not need to be hitting in the World Series right now. I know he hit a home run at Wrigley. That's it. Also, his arm that there if Kike was in left field last night, the Bregman RBI single might not have been an RBI single. Questionable. What's also fascinating is if you did pay attention to this season of baseball is that Alex Bregman being the the breakout star is also bonkers. <laughs> he had such an up down, upside down season and just like back and forth and back and forth. And people were like, is he going to be the star? Is he the star? Like 
I picked him up and dropped him so many times this season for fantasy baseball. Every time I would pick up any of these like sort of secondary Astros, I had Marwin Gonzalez for a long time. I had Gurriel for a long time. I had Bregman for a long time. I had all three of those dudes at one point. Every time I would pick them up, they would go cold. Then I would drop them. They would get hot again. Every time. So maybe I need to pick them up in some weird fantasy baseball league that's not actually happening. I need to go to the upside down and play fantasy baseball in the upside down and they'll all go cold again. <laughs> but I'm curious to see what Dave Roberts does. I think AJ Hinch just, I mean, why why do anything different? His, his biggest adversity is going to be if Brian McCann can catch on Tuesday and if he can hit. I mean, if he can still hit, then I don't think they have a problem. But if he can't catch and he can't hit, then that means Carlos Beltran is back in the lineup more than likely, and Gaddis is catching, and he's not as good of a catcher as Brian McCann. So that's the only possible edge that the Dodgers might have, that and they're playing at home. I mean, at least Yuli Gurriel will get both a standing ovation and probably the biggest boos he'll ever hear in his entire career. <laughs> Whether they win or lose, he will be booed. And I don't think Josh Reddick necessarily deserved it. He didn't deserve it last year. He, I mean, I, I think that Dodger fans made a mistake by booing him because that just will fire somebody up. It'll probably fire up Yuli Gurriel. But the comparison between what Josh Reddick was saying about Dodger fans versus what Yuli Gurriel did, not so much. Not so much. Josh Reddick is also not that great of a hitter, so, like, who cares if that guy's talking shit? Just let him whiff up there. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I wouldn't boo him. But Yuli Gurriel, that guy, I mean, that's literally the least of what he's going to have to deal with is getting booed at one or two games in the World Series. I mean, it just, it really grosses me out that he got a standing ovation. Really grosses me out. Not as a Dodger fan. Not because I don't like the Astros. The reason I'm grossed out is that I like the Astros. Don't you see? Don't you understand? The reason that it bums me out is that I liked the Astros. Now it's incredibly hard for me to like them. Very difficult. <laughs> because they're just kind of going like, oh, we got away with it. Great. Awesome. Cool. And I just don't like it. You shouldn't get away with that shit. That's like literally what we're trying to stop with Harvey Weinstein. And then, and I mean, on top of all of this baseball stuff going on, I mean, I tweeted, of course, with no hashtag, just free from anything, because I really didn't want to come off as like going after Houston fans, because I really don't want to. But it is an issue that bothers me, and I think it's important. And then somebody was like, I hope you don't mean the news. And I was just not paying attention to the news for three hours of my life. And this. Kevin Spacey shit comes out and then that dude deflects and tries to pull the community into it. No, 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 no. It is my obligation to talk about this as a human being who cares about other human beings and as a gay person. No, 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 no. Like you are not, this is not, no, not okay. To come out, to use coming out as like cover for attempting to molest a 14 year old. That's disgusting. Also, I would just point out that he won the Oscar for Best Actor in the film American Beauty, which is about a suburban dad who, quote, falls in love with a teenager. I really wish we would stop making movies about this shit because it, it normalizes it and makes it seem like it's something that's totally just part of life. And it's gross. We've 
made the movies. Do we need to continue making these movies? I don't think so. This is not censorship. This is a human being saying, I don't want to see this shit anymore. Because <laughs> it makes people think it's okay. Because mm. it's not critical. And then we give it awards. Somebody asked me last night, like, why is the only... Why is Six Feet Under the only thing that Alan Paul made that's really good? And I said, because Jill Soloway worked on it? <laughs> I believe that 100%. I have not watched True Blood, so I don't know. I'm only speaking from the couple of Alan Ball projects that I've seen. But Jill Soloway was in the writer's room for Six Feet Under. I guarantee you that's why it was good. Better. So anyway, I have zero predictions for this World Series. I have no idea what's going to happen. The only thing I can say is there will be a Game 6, and it will be in Los Angeles, and it will start at 529 Eastern Standard Time. Rich Hill will be pitching, and so will Justin Verlander. That's all I got. Don't know. <laughs> so the next episode is probably going to be from a hotel room in New Orleans, or from uh, my car driving to LAX on Wednesday morning. We'll see. Which of those is it going to be? I don't know! It's been a great season. I really wish that this World Series wasn't sort of ending on this note. Because, like, dang, dude. <laughs> I was, like, stoked that we didn't have a sort of Aroldis Chapman kind of a thing happening in this World Series. I was like, oh, I feel... It felt, like, so 2017 to me that Aroldis Chapman was maybe going back to the World Series a second time two years in a row. And again, I'm not... Look... You're a fan of your team. You're a fan of your team. You're not You're not signing players. I get it. And I would also take a moment to say, like, if, you, if your knee-jerk reaction to somebody calling out a, an actual problem is to say, not all fans are like that, or not all that, whatever, you're definitely wrong. <laughs> you're correct. I do know that not all fans of the Yankees like Aroldis Chapman. I know that. Not all Cubs fans like Aroldis Chapman. I'm sure there are a lot of Cubs fans that really wish that that 2016 World Series 108-year drought ending roster did not have the name Aroldis Chapman on it. I guarantee it. I know that because I know many Cubs fans that feel that way. And I genuinely wish they didn't have to. Because it is like a, it's a dark spot on an otherwise bright moment. And it is sad that that is the reality. I guess, is my whole point. Because I could say that not all Cleveland fans are like, I love this logo. <laughs> but that do it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything if the only thing you do is save your own feelings. And you save your own... If, if all I ever said was, well, I don't like it. I don't like it. Who cares? Then it w I'm not doing anything. But if you're saying, like, this is wrong. I disagree with it. I'm leaving the... You don't have to leave your team or whatever. I'm not telling you what you have to do. But if you're not actively saying like, yeah, this is wrong and I don't like it. I understand you want to enjoy your World Series. Not going to take that away from you. But holy shit. This shouldn't be happening. It just shouldn't be happening. It's 2017. You're going to mock somebody like that? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Now I'm just ranting. <laughs> now I've just turned into like the Rush Limbaugh of World Series anyway. I mean, what happens if you just bench him one game and he doesn't play one game? I don't know. We'll see. Ugh, I feel sick. Anybody else feel sick? I'm sure team player uh, fans on both sides are, like, so exhausted. That was... Ugh. Bleh. Anyway. 
I mean, the Astros are playing better baseball. So there you go. That's what you guys get. That's what the Houston Astros fans get. Not begrudging you that at all. I don't know why I'm... Well, because people on Twitter like to yell at me for being against something they like, ever. (laughs) That's just how it is. Anyway, I almost forgot to mention that uh, George W. Bush and George H. W. Bush were both on hand for the beginning of this game. Now, before you start screaming at me that George H. W. Bush played first base at Yale and George W. Bush used to own the Rangers, I know. I know why they were there. I still don't like it. I also wouldn't like it if somehow Arkansas had a baseball team and they were in the World Series and Bill fucking Clinton was throwing out the first pitch because I don't like him either. George H.W. Bush was just... He's been groping women since 2014. And I don't care that he's elderly. I don't actually care that he's elderly. Number one, he's a former president. Number two, you know what you do in that situation? This is just a PSA. If this is going on in your life. And you you have an elderly person who is uh, crossing boundaries. And there's not really anything that you can do to tell them. Because they're in their twilight years. And they maybe don't understand what's going on anymore. That you can't tell them, hey, don't do that anymore, peepaw, or whatever. You tell the people who are interacting with them, hey, I'm so sorry that this is uh, what I got to tell you, but I wouldn't stand too close uh, to former President Bush because he, in his older years, has gotten a little bit out there with his hand movements. So if you could just stand a couple feet away from him, we don't want anything bad happening to you. But no one cares. No one cares about other people enough. (laughs) And we put specifically women and men, but specifically women, I think we find it easier to put women in positions where they just have to deal with stuff they shouldn't have to deal with. And then to have those two dudes, and it, God, does it just burn me up that George W. Bush is good at throwing a goddamn baseball. God, I hate it so much. (sighs) My first week of college was 9-11. I'm not kidding. (laughs) My second... English class was at 745. I don't like that guy. (laughs) He informed my entire beginning of adulthood. The fact that people on both sides of the aisle are holding that guy up as like a, an example of a decent president is just like very telling of how far down in the ground we've gone (laughs) as a country. Anyway, I wanted to add that little bright spot back into the podcast because I forgot to mention those two assholes. Also, how, what, Would an actual Astros fan please let me know on Twitter nicely? Because I'm asking, I'm genuinely, I know you didn't set this up. Astros fans did not request these two former presidents to come to their game. I'm not saying that. Obviously, the ownership did. But I would like to know, as an Astros fan, if you liked having a Texas Rangers former owner throw out the first pitch at your last home game in this World Series. That's what I would honestly like to know if that was, like, positive. Because I don't think that I would... I'm trying to think of an example that would make any sense. There's, It's such a unique thing. It's not like the Astros and the Rangers are buddies. You guys are in the same league now. You play each other. You share the state. It's weird. That was weird. <laughs> to, to have an owner of a, a... A former owner of a different team that's in your same state, in your same league, in your same a division, throw out the first pitch of your last home game in a World Series. So, 
If you could let me know nicely if you liked it or disliked it, I would really love to know on my Twitter. It's at ReaButcher.com. R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R. I hope everybody packed a good lunch today for their work. I hope everybody uh, is taking the night off to get a little bit of rest. I'm going to be filming Sidekick with Matt Myra tonight. I'm going to be loopy. It's going to be real bonkers. <sighs> so until after game six, I'm Rhea Butcher. This is likely mad as hell. I absolutely am. Half of you probably are. <laughs> Go baseball. If you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.